Well, good evening, everyone. I want to thank you all for joining me tonight. We are going to get started. Tonight, I'm starting a new series called Under the Wings of the Divine Presence. And in just a few minutes, I'm going to explain to you what that means. And tonight, we, 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 we are starting a new series in the book of Ruth. This is a book that's usually studied between the time of Passover until the time of Pentecost, or as in Hebrew, we call it the Feast of Shavuot. So uh, as we're gonna, so we're gonna begin a, begin a new series probably over the next several weeks. We are gonna be in the Scroll of Ruth, or also known as Megillat Ruth, and we're gonna we're gonna study about Ruth. The author of the book of Ruth is the prophet Samuel, and the prophet Samuel teaches us about dwelling under the wings of the divine presence. And you may wonder what does that mean? You know, oft, many of us often picture a bird with its wings spread out, and then and, and then you know us hovering under the, you know, uh, uh, abiding under his wings. But it's more than that. The, to abide under the wings of the divine presence is really a metaphor, and it represents abiding in God's presence, abiding in God's glory, uh, coming into God's rest. You know, if you go back to Genesis chapter 1, you, over the seven-day period of creation, you see, and God made, and it was good, and it was good, and it was good. And that's the place that we want to come into. It's a place where we come into the, into the divine presence. It's a place where we come into God's favor. It's a place where God wants to bring you into such a place that the place that God brings us to and, and the place that God wants all of you to abide in is that place of good, amen? Where God can say, it was good, it was good. And every, and every time you come into your higher calling in Christ Jesus, the place that you come into is a place of good, amen? And it's a place of peace. It's a place of knowing that, that it's a place of knowing that you fit into God's masterpiece of creation. And in just in the upcoming weeks, I'm going to re-release my first book, The Final Countdown. I've changed the subtitle to In Your Journey in the Tapestry, uh, Your Journey in um, the Composition of Creation. And it's, and, and it's, it, it's a book that's helped to, it's designed to help you find out how you fit into God's masterpiece. Just like every instrument in orchestra has a purpose. Uh, the trombones, the trumpets, the, the, the percussion, every instrument has its purpose. And likewise, every one of you has a, a, a position. You have a, you have a place in God's tapestry of, of creation. Amen. And my goal tonight and my prayer tonight is, and we're going to pray in just a moment, that you find out who you are in Christ Jesus. Amen. So let's go ahead and get started here and we'll begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord God, that you have brought us here together to study your word. And I thank you, Lord God, that your anointing is present. Holy Spirit, I just invite you to take over this meeting tonight. I pray that I will not be heard or seen tonight, but I pray that only, you, that, that only you will be magnified and that you will lift up the name of Jesus tonight. And Lord, I pray that you will bring all your people that are watching tonight, Father God, that you will bring them under the wings of the, uh, that you will bring each and every one of your people here tonight under the wings of the divine presence. Amen. We just pray that in Jesus' mighty name, and I just release the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon all your people this evening. Amen. So the place that we're coming into is under the wings of the divine presence, which is also the title for tonight's teaching. When the Israelites left Egypt and they crossed the Red Sea, they were welcomed by the clouds of God's glory. In fact, the rabbis tell us that they were welcomed by seven clouds of his glory. A cloud above, a cloud beneath their feet, a cloud on the left, a cloud on the right, a cloud behind and a cloud in the front and the seventh cloud to lead them. And if you go to the book of Revelation, what do we see? We see the seven spirits of God. So the, 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 the seven clouds represent the Holy Spirit. And the, and the Holy Spirit is the one that's working in our lives to bring us into our, to bring us into our high calling in Christ Jesus. And when the Israelites left Egypt on the second day of Passover, and they came to the Red Sea, and God parted the Red Sea, and they crossed the dry sea. I mean, they, they crossed the Red Sea on dry ground, and they were welcomed by the seven clouds of God's glory. And for 40 years, they abided under the wings of the, of the, the divine presence. For 40 years, they did not have to, they didn't have to purchase new clothing because the clouds of God's glory laundered their clothing. And they didn't have to buy new shoes because God because God's glory caused their shoes to grow um, as as their as their feet grew. And so they were completely under God's divine protection. 
And what I want to teach you tonight is, you know, you know, I'm not saying you're not going to have to buy new clothing. Of course you will. But what I am saying is that God's going to God's going to be involved with every aspect of every aspect of your life. And God's going to bring you into his high calling. See, the Holy Spirit is the one that prepares the bride to meet the bridegroom. And the Holy Spirit has been upon the earth for 2,000 years. Jesus, who's the baptized in the Holy Spirit, sent the Holy Spirit after his resurrection. On the 50th day, the day known as Pentecost, the Holy Spirit descended in the upper room with cloven tongues of fire. And the, and one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is, is to is to prepare the bride of Christ. And each and every one of you is part of the bride of Christ. And he is preparing you, he's equipping you, he's refining your character, he's equipping you with an anointing for end time ministry, and when and he's gonna present you to Christ Jesus as a spotless bride, amen? Jesus, of course, is the spotless lamb without sin. But we are being refined, we are being purified, and we are being raised up and prepared to meet our bridegroom. And that's not only at the rapture, when we'll ultimately meet Christ Jesus in the sky face to face. It also involves our walk here on earth, that the Spirit of God is refining us, that we will be equipped for the ministries that He's called us to. Amen? And there, there's every one of us needs different levels of refinement. These 50 days, the 50 days from Passover to Pentecost, are 50 days of preparation. And to give you the example, because salvation is of the Jews, when, when Moses led the Israelites through the wilderness on that 50-day journey, there were 50 days of, of teaching God's Word, the Torah. There were 50 days of character refinement, 50 days of being, of, of being uh, you know, being uh, of preparation. And on that 50th day, the Israelites heard God's raw voice from Mount Sinai. They heard the raw voice of God. So that's the 50-day journey from Passover to Pentecost, or I should say from Passover to Shavuot. Now let's scroll forward to the time of Christ. Jesus was crucified on, on, on Good Friday. He rose from the dead on the third day, the day we call Easter Sunday, and Happy Easter to all of you today. And from Christ's resurrection, he walked upon the earth for 40 days. On the 40th day, Jesus ascended to heaven. So from counting from his resurrection to his ascension to heaven is a 40-day period. And the day that Jesus ascended to heaven is the day we call Ascension Sunday. And then after Jesus' ascension, the 120, which included the, the, the disciples, assembled in the upper room for 10 days. And at the end of that 10 day, at the end of that 10-day period, the Holy Spirit descended in the upper room. So we get we have 40 plus 10, which equals 50. See how that parallels the journey of the Israelites in the wilderness? It was a 50-day journey from exiting Egypt to the 50th day in which they received the Ten Commandments at Mount Sinai. And the fifth that 50th day was the anniversary of Israel becoming a nation. Now, if we go to the upper room. That was the 50th day that the Holy Spirit descended in the upper room with cloven tongues of fire. And a cloven tongue of fire fell upon each of the 120 in the upper room. And they all began to speak in unknown tongues. That 50th day, the day we call Pentecost, is the very anniversary of the day in which God gave the Ten Commandments to the children of Israel. Israel became a nation at the foot of Mount Sinai. And the church was born in the upper room. That's when the church was born. So th this 50-day period is very significant. And during these 50 days, counting from, uh, you know, counting from Passover, we are, we are on a journey of character refinement. God is developing us. God is giving us gifts. And God is developing us to a point where he can, he can bestow gifts of the Holy Spirit upon you. So I want this 50-day journey to be a period of, of time where you are walking in expectation, you are walking in God's blessings, and you are allowing God to mold you and to refine you 
and prepare you for what He has for you. So I just pray that each and every one of you is so excited for what God's going to do for you in, 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 your, in, in your journey. See, our walk with God is not something that's stagnant. We go from one glory to another glory. So I want you all to be excited. I want you to be in expectation. I'm asking all of you to praise God right now and thank God for what He's going to do. And let's just praise Him over these 50 days. Don't stumble the way the Israelites did from time to time into complaining and murmuring. And we all, and we all stumble and fall into that from time to time. But when we do, let us recover quickly and, re and, ret and return to Him and allow Him to work in us, allow Him to refine us, allow Him to do His work in us because the Spirit of God so desires to bring each and every one of you into your position, your place in God's tapestry of creation. Amen? So Israel abided under the clouds of God's glory. They were welcomed by the divine presence through the seven clouds of His glory over that 50-day journey. And even in the book of Ruth, we're going to see the, the, the development of the character Ruth and, and how she was found worthy to become a matriarch in Israel, to become an ancestor, not only of King David, but also of Christ Jesus, our Messiah as well. Amen. So I'm telling you, I mean, God took Ruth from the lowest places of depravity, from one of the nations that was forbidden to, to even convert to Judaism, and God chose a woman from that nation to become one of the matriarchs in Israel and really one of the greatest examples we find in the Bible. Amen. So I want, you know, it doesn't matter where you come from, no matter what struggles you've been through, no matter what difficulties you've been through, no matter what your negative dispositions are, I want you to be open to allow God to, to, to bring you out of some stuff. Amen. They may, be, they may be sin that you're struggling with, different you know, whatever the struggle may be, I want you to be open to God delivering you out of those circumstances. It could be in the form of addiction. It could be in the form of, uh, of you know, just, just, just really anything that displeases God. And allow God through the anointing of the Holy Spirit to bring you out of, of your own personal pits and bring you up into a high and lofty place in Christ Jesus. Amen. So your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to... Stay with me for under the wings of the divine presence. So your next stop, the destined fetora zone. Amen. So let's let's go ahead and get started. I'm going to explain to you a little more about what under the wings of the divine presence means. So I invite you to turn with me to Ruth chapter two, verse twelve. Ruth chapter two, verse twelve says, "The Lord recompense thy work." And a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings you art come to trust. See, that's the prerequisite for you to come under the wings of the divine presence, is that you come to a place of where you trust in God. And that's the place where I invite, I'm inviting all of you to walk in, of, a tr of trusting and abiding in his divine presence, amen? Because it's under, when you come under his wings and you come to, that's, that comes through trusting him. And to, uh, uh, when you can pray the prayer, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. And that's the place where God is bringing each and every one of you to, is that you, com you, you come to completely trust and depend upon him. You know, we spend much of our lives coming into adulthood learning how to become, how to become independent. And now I want to teach you how to do the reverse, where you also learn how to become dependent. See, I, I am completely dependent upon God to bring me into the place He wants to bring me into in ministry, in the workplace, in my relationships. That well, that it that it's He, the Holy Spirit, that's leading, and it's not I that's doing the leading. And we should allow the Holy Spirit during this time to lead us into all truth, to lead us into our callings, to lead to lead us into that place that I call under the wings of the divine presence. And Boaz, you know, blesses Ruth and tells Ruth in Ruth 2.12, the Lord recompense your work and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God. See, that's the place where the Lord is going to bless you. The Lord is going to recompense you. The Lord is going to open up doors for you. You know, Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you so. See, these houses, these mansions that Jesus is speaking out, speaking about are, 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 are ministries. They're houses of destiny. They're not always physical houses, even though God's going to bless you with physical houses. 
The, the greater emphasis is upon the ministries that God's going to give you and the calling that God has upon your life. And each and every one of you has a high calling in Christ Jesus. You know, one of the things that has really become apparent during this pandemic over the last 12 months is that m many people have lost jobs. Many people have lost their purpose. And often that loss of purpose has led to suicides and, 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 and depression and sickness. And, and mankind, male and female, are, are not called to live their life without purpose. Because when you have a life without purpose, it, it, you know, it, 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 there's no fulfillment. And God has, does not intend for us to live our lives without purpose, without, you know, without, you know, without meaning. And so when it says in Ruth 2.12, the Lord recompense thy work and a full reward be given you. See, God wants to bring fulfillment to you. And God wants to bring fulfillment to you in your service, in your work, and all that you do. And during this season, as we prepare for Pentecost or Shavuot, which are both the very same day, what God is doing with you, God is bringing you to a place of meaningful service. See, even it, whether it's in ministry, whether it's in your secular jobs, in whatever you are doing, God wants it to become with purpose. And, and, and the place that God has placed you is a place of ministry. You know, you, know you, you, could be work, you, know, you could be working in any type of position even any type of secular position and God's going to bring up door as an open up doors for you to minister God's going to open up doors for you to, to 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 for your gift to be exercised and the place where God when God opens those doors for you there're going to be doors that are going there are going to be filled with so much fulfillment and that you're going to know that what you do means something see there's nothing worse than meaningless labor where you feel like what you do doesn't count for anything you know, sometimes you may ask, does anybody even notice what I'm doing? Am I even doing what God has called me to do? And that's not how God has called us to serve him. God wants to bring you to a place where that you, you, you know that you are making a meaningful impact upon God's work. Amen. And that, and that you are serving in the place that God has called you to serve him. And I pray that all of you are receiving this revelation. I just pray that you're being so blessed this evening. Amen. And so let me give you a few more examples of, of abiding under the wings of the divine presence. Let's look at let's look at Genesis chapter 2 verse 15. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. See, that's a place where God is bringing each and every one of you to because the purpose of man was to serve him in priestly service. And after God created Adam, God put, and God, I'm sure there was a period of time where God was teaching Adam, and at the right time, God took Adam and put him into the garden for priestly service. And it was in that garden that, that God formed Eve from the side of Adam, and then Eve joined her husband and served in that garden. It wasn't a type, a type of gardening the way we understand gardening, but it was a place where Adam and Eve served God in priestly service. And God took the man and put him into the garden. See, God's going to pluck you from wherever you are and, and, and he's going to put you into your garden, into your garden of Eden. And he's going to put you into a place that you're going to dress and keep. See, and that means work. That means labor. God's going to put you into your place of ministerial service. And it is going to be a place of fulfillment. Amen. So I want you all to expect that. And I encourage you all just, just to be just to take this 40-day period and walk in anticipation of what God wants to do in your life. But during this period of time, don't focus so much on the gifts. Focus more on character. Focus more on developing character flaws, or I should say eliminating character flaws, and, 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 and learning how to walk in the highest degree of selflessness, and to create, increase hesed, increase selfless loving kindness in your 50-day journey. And um, I'm going to start posting things from day to day on the various areas of character refinement. There are actually 49 levels or there are 49 combinations of refinement. And I'm going to, I'm going to start posting those in the next few days. But really, I uh, um, really want you to focus on, on, on refining your character. And I'm going to give you some specific points to help you in that journey. I'm not going to teach on that tonight, but I but I will make posts on the Destin Fatora page. 
Um, if, you, if you have not done so already, I, I do encourage you to like this page on Facebook, Destin Fatora, because uh, and, and then you'll start you'll start seeing my, my post. I encourage you to stop following the page. Also go on Instagram and also follow Destin Fatora, and then also go to my webpage www.destinedfortora.com, and you'll and you'll 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 start seeing my post over the, over the next five next to five to six weeks on, on this topic. Then look at Exodus 19.4, and I'm going to also give you another example of abiding under the wings of the Divine Presence. You have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bear you on eagles' wings, and brought you to myself. See, when you come under the wings of the Divine Presence, you are coming under God's Divine Presence. You are coming under God's Divine Protection. You are coming into a place where the enemy cannot touch you. You are coming to that place where, like a child, you, as a child becomes completely dependent upon their parents, you have become into a place of being completely dependent upon God. And I just encourage you to be in that place, to allow God to work with you, to, to, to refine you. Sometimes the things that God says to us may be, an, may be you know, sometimes it may hurt a little. But you know what? God, God disciplines those that he loves. And I encourage all of you be, to be open to his discipline, be open to his correction. There's things that God will show you, uh, you know, the, the way you handled this problem, it doesn't honor me. And, and, and God, God's going to start tweaking things in our character to, to make our character more Christ-like. You know, and that involves how, 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 we, how we handle people, um, you know, and, and the type of character that we have with our gentleness. Sometimes we have to exercise Gavora strength. And, and so we, need to, we, we should be open to, to God working with us and working in us. Amen. And now let's, let's look at Psalm 17, verse 8. Keep me as the apple of the eye. Hide me under the shadow of thy wings. And then the ultimate goal that we should have is in Psalm 61, 4. I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. That's the place that we should want to be, is to dwell in his presence forever. Wherever you are, whether in the workplace, whether you're in prayer at home, wherever you may be, is that you want to be in that place where you abide in God's presence and dwell under his protection. And I want to come to the next part of this teaching. I want to talk to you about the purpose of creation. See, the, uh, and I'm going, to com I'm going to compare Genesis 1-1 to Ruth chapter 1 verse 1. Actually, the first few verses of each book. So let's look at Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And why did God create the heaven and the earth? Uh, you know, there, there are many different um, arguments on why God created. And, you know, really, I don't, I, I have various opinions and I can glean, opinion, I can glean truths from all the commentaries. And, uh, and, According to the rabbis, God created the heavens and the earth for the sake of the Torah, for the sake of his word. As in Proverbs 8.22, the Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way before his works of, uh, of old. See, the reason why God created was for the sake of his word. You know, some, pe some people say, well, God created because he wanted fellowship with, with man. Well, I don't believe that God needs fellowship with, with anyone. Um, I think there's, there's a greater purpose to the creation. So God created for the sake of his word. And one thing about the word is as we, as we compare Proverbs 8.22 to John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the word. And the word is Christ Jesus himself. So that for the reason for the creation was for Jesus, was for the living word of God. And the world stands upon three pillars. And if you if you if you study the Perky Avot and the sayings of the fathers, it, it the book says on three things the world stands, and these three things are number one on Torah, which is God's word. The word Torah literally means instruction, and when I say Torah, I am usually referencing all the books of the Bible from Genesis through Revelation. So the, the, the first pillar is on Torah. The second pillar is on service to God. And the third pillar is on acts of loving kindness. On acts of human kindness. So these are the three pillars of creation. 
And why did God almost destroy the world in Noah's flood? Actually, he did destroy the earth except for one family. It's because these three things were lacking in the days of Noah. And why were Sodom and Gomorrah destroyed? Because they, they lacked these three things as well. So the three pillars of creation are, are God's word, the Torah. Number two, on service to God, Avoda um, Hashem. And number three, on acts of loving kindness or selfless loving kindness, which in Hebrew is the word hesed. Amen? Torah, service to God, and hesed are the three pillars of creation. So I would say the, the reason for the creation is, 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 is for the purpose of establishing these three pillars in, in it. Amen? And let me show you what God's kindness towards us. See, God does not ask us to do anything that he has not done for us already. And the greatest example is from John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe in him shall not perish, but receive eternal life. And that was the greatest act of hesed of our Heavenly Father when he, he, when he offered up his only begotten son, who is Christ Jesus. And, and he was offered up as, as a spotless lamb and was sacrificed on the cross at Calvary for our salvation, which took place on Good Friday. And he rose from the dead on the third day on Easter Sunday. See, that was the ultimate sacrifice. That was the ultimate act of human, of, of ultimate act of loving kindness. And Christ Jesus fulfilled all three pillars of the creation. Number one, on Torah. See, Jesus did not do anything outside of the word. Even though he was the living word, he humbled himself as a man and he kept the Torah. He kept the word. He, didn't, he, did, not, he did not do anything outside of, uh, of the word. Number two, on service to God. We see Jesus' earthly ministry from age 30 to age 33 when he was full, when he was you know when he when he came into the fullness of his ministry and so his service to God and we even see him in service to God at age 12 where he was he stayed behind in Jerusalem and he was he, he was found in the temple during the, during the, the feast of Passover you remember his mother his mother and stepfather spent 3 days looking for him and they found him in the temple and he was asking questions of of of, of, of the of the elders in the in the temple. See, and then number three, on acts of loving kindness, that's what Jesus was doing. He was he was healing the sick. He was delivering the oppressed. He was casting out devils. He was teaching the he was teaching the word, and he was raising up twelve disciples to to to, to continue on the work. See, Jesus was about, was going about doing his father's business. And these three things are the pillar of creation. And in Jeremiah 2.2 it reads, Go and cry in the ears of Jerusalem, saying, Thus saith the Lord, I remember thee, the kindness of thy youth, the love of thine espousals, when thou, when thou wentest after me in the wilderness, in the land that was not sown. And, and so we, we, sh we should... Remember God's kindness towards us and we should run towards the Lord, especially during this time is that we run after him and we seek after him and just dwell with him and abide in his holy presence. See, because all that God has in mind for you is for your very best. And God wants to bring you into your high purpose in Christ Jesus. Amen. You know, as I shared in my introduction earlier um, about the 50th day, the 50th day is a day in Greek. We call it Pentecost, meaning 50th. The, the, it's the very same day as the Jewish feast of, of Shavuot. Shavuot is, the, is a Greek word, and I'll say it's a Hebrew word meaning weeks. Shavuot and Pentecost are the very same day. The ver at the very first Shavuot, the, the, the nation of Israel was born at the foot of Mount Sinai, where God gave the Ten Commandments. And 2,000 years ago, the church of Jesus was born in the upper room when the Spirit of God descended on that very same Pentecost or Shavuot feast. That's why all the Jews were present in Jerusalem because it was one of the three pilgrimage feast days. So um, in Exodus 19, 16, 19 and 20, it says, And it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mount, 
and the voice of the trumpet exceeding loud, so that all the people that were in the camp trembled. Verse 19. And the voice of the trumpet sounded long and waxed louder and louder. Moses spake, and God answered him by, vo by voice. And the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai on the top of the mount. And the Lord called Moses up to the top of the mount, and Moses went up. On the 50th day, God's going to call you up as well. God's going to raise you up, and you're going to see God's going God's to elevate you. God's going to bring you into a new place in Him. Amen? Then in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, that was the Pentecost or Shavuot that took place 2,000 years ago, 50 days after Christ's resurrection. And it reads, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in with one accord in one place. And suddenly, can you all say suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. See, the Spirit of God is going to fill you. And, and you are going to speak in new tongues. If you, if you have not spoken in tongues before, I encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit to give you the... I encourage you to ask Jesus to give you the baptism of the Holy Spirit and to, and to give you the gift of speaking in unknown tongues. See, the Spirit of God wants to give you that gift. And I want I encourage all of you to ask Him if you have not received that. And allow Him to fill you and to give you new utterances. Now let's go to Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 3. And it says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. See, what God is doing with you is he's making you new as well. See, the heaven is not just heaven that we see in the sky above. Heaven is, is, it represents your spiritual walk with God. And God, God's even going to do a work with you in your spirit that you're going to come into a new place in God. And God's even doing a new place with you on this earth where even physically God's going to bring you into new places of ministry. So I encourage you that uh, to uh, I encourage you to allow God to bring suddenlies into your life, to allow God to bring you into a new place in Him. See, our walk with God is not to be a our walk with God is not to be a walk of boredom. It's not to be a walk a walk of uh, is, you know I've done that. Uh, it should be exciting. You should be coming into a new place. You should be coming into a place of new revelation. Even when I'm teaching you God's word and I'm teaching you on Ruth again, I should not be teaching, teaching you the same material that I taught you last year or the year before or the year before that. It should be fresh revelation, fresh manna from heaven that is pertinent to your journey right now here on this earth. So even though I've taught on Ruth many, many times, my prayer is that what, I, what the Holy Spirit gives me for you this year will be new and fresh for your walk and your journey with God today. Amen. And I'm not going to teach you things that are obvious from the text. My prayer is that I'm going to teach you things that, 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 that are, are new and, and that are fresh in your walk today. Amen. So let's talk about, I'm going to talk to you about a concept known as tohu and bohu. Can you say that with me? Tohu and bohu. And these two words are taken from Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. The word tohu in English is the word formlessness. And the word bohu is the Hebrew word meaning void. And in Genesis 1, 2, it says, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So, it says the earth was without form. Without form means the earth was tohu, or it was with formlessness. And it was void, meaning that it was, uh, it was bohu. And wherever the Spirit of God is not present is a place of tohu and bohu. And before Christ, before you, you entered your journey with, with, the, with, with the Holy Spirit, before you accepted Christ Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, your life was a life without, without purpose. It was a place of darkness. It was a place of undistinguishable ruin. And then in the midst of that darkness, in the midst of that, and it could be in the midst of a depression, it could be in the midst of a COVID-19 virus, as, as we're the days that we're living in right now. But whatever the darkness is, 
whatever your tohu and bohu is, the Spirit of God, as, 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 as you're in His Word and as you're under the anointing, as you abide in His presence, the Spirit of God will move upon the face of your waters, as you see in verse 2. And, and, and God's going to say, let there be light. And God's going to bring clarity. So every one of us has, has places in our, in our soul that are tohu and, 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 and bohu, with formlessness and void. And as we're in, as we abide in Him, as we abide under the wings of the, of the divine presence, the Spirit of God is going to move upon His Word, and He's going to act upon His Word, and He's and He's going to shine His light upon your destiny. Amen. Do, do, do you all hear this? See, God's Word is not history; it's prophetic, and God and God's going to bring you out of your tohu and your bohu and bring you into a place of purpose. Amen. So let's take from Genesis 1-2. That place of tohu is a place of formlessness, confusion, unreality, emptiness, nothing, nothingness, empty space, chaos, vanity. Do you ever feel like things in life are meaningless? Do you remember in Ecclesiastes where Solomon speaks about, uh, uh, about vanity of vanities? See, when you're, in a, when you're living your life not knowing what God has called you to do, and, and you're doing things aimlessly, it's, that, that's a place of tohu in your life. And God does not want you to live your life without purpose. Amen? So he's going to bring you into his purpose because in his purpose is your fulfillment. Amen? And the second word that we see is bohu. Bohu means emptiness. It means void. It means waste. Now, I want to speak to you about three periods in human history. The first 2,000 years of the creation is a period of time known as, um, as, as, as void or tohu. And this began with the fall of Adam and Eve when they were expelled from the Garden of Eden. And it, it was a period of, of tohu because it, it, was a, it was a period of time where the Word of God was not being preached, where the Torah was not being taught, and, and the evangelization was not taking place. And even in the days of Noah, which is in that same 2,000 year period, we, we, don't, we saw Noah having a 0% success rate in winning souls over to God. I mean, they were, they were, there was not a single convert, there, were, there was not a single conversion in Noah's ministry. I mean, he ministered for how many, six, over 600 years, 600 or 700 years, I forget how many, but there was not a single conversion that took place. And as a result, only Noah and his and his and his family, eight souls were saved in that flood. So 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 those two thousand years were known as the period of void or tohu. Now the second two thousand year period, which began with the birth of Abraham, he was originally called Abram or Abram, in the year nineteen forty eight after creation, nineteen hundred forty eight years. After the create, after the, you know, after the creation of Adam and Eve, the year nineteen forty eight on the Hebrew calendar, not not nineteen forty eight BC, but nineteen forty eight from the creation. Right now we are in the year five seven eight one. That's five thousand seven hundred and eighty one years since the creation of Adam and Eve. But at nineteen forty eight, one thousand nine hundred forty year, eight years after the creation of Adam. Um, Abraham was born, and Abram and and, and Sarai, uh, you know, upon their marriage, they began to win souls. They began to win souls over to Hashem, the Lord, the, the, the Lord God, and they began to win souls to, to to the monotheistic faith. And so, so that was that that was a that was a period where it was no longer tohu and bohu. And the third two thousand year period, according to the rabbis. Is, is the era of the Messiah. Well, guess what? That third 2,000-year period took place 2,000 years ago when Christ Jesus was born in, in, in a manger in the stable of Bethlehem. That, was the, that began the third 2,000-year period. As we see in Matthew one twenty three, Behold, a virgin shall be with a child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel which is being interpreted God with us. And 
I want this. I want you to apply this prophetically to your life as well. Because during these this fifty day journey, God is doing a work in you that He's bringing you into purpose in every area of your life. Not just I mean not, not just ministry, not just in your spiritual service, but even in, in all that you do in life. You know, God's going to bring you into purpose in the way that you raise your kids or your grandkids or your nieces or your nephews. In all that you do, God wants to bring you into meaningful service. And even in the, in, even in the investments that you make, that God's going to bring you into a place where it's all going to count for something and you're going to see God's handiwork in all that you do. That God's going to guide you into, in, in, in everything. Don't leave God out of any area of your life, but invite the Holy Spirit in to lead you into all truth in every area. See, sometimes we limit God's work in our life. We limit God to only helping us in our, in our ministries, in our services, in, 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 our, in what we do in church. We, we limit God to only certain aspects of life. But you know what? If I were to look at many of your lives, I would say over 90% of your life is spent doing things that are outside of the church. So we should not limit God to only the 10% of the time we spend in church, but we need to invite God into every single aspect of our lives. That means even in your dreams, even before you go to sleep, you invite the Holy Spirit to even t to take over your dream life to where he can even speak to you prophetically in prophetic dreams. Amen? See, don't leave God out of anything. Invite him to be a part of every single step, every single journey. And even in your conversations, allow the Holy Spirit to... Bring your conversation under the wings of the divine presence. Do you remember Jesus after his resurrection, as we see in Acts, where he was on the road to Emmaus with, with, with two disciples? And Jesus kind of disguised himself to where the disciples did not recognize that it was Jesus they were talking to. See, even in their conversation, God was present. They were walking with the divine presence. Who is the divine presence? Christ Jesus himself. They were, as they were talking, and they were talking about spiritual things, and they were talking about Christ. Christ was right there with them, walking with them uh, on, on, on that journey to Emmaus. And I want you to allow, even as you're talking, even as you're having conversations with one another, and you're talking about things, is to al allow your conversations to become Christ-centered, and allow your conversation to even abide under the wings of the divine presence. And I encourage you during this 50-day period is not only focus on yourself, but really cheer one another, cheer one another along and help each other to get to their high purpose in God. See, sometimes we spend so much time competing. We spend so much time just focusing on ourselves and sometimes we even destroy others and, and on, our, on our journey. Let's not do that. Let's help one another and one thing I always encourage people to do, especially in the ministries that I do, is I encourage everyone to to put to pray more for somebody else than their prayer, than, than praying for self. So I'm telling you, there's such a blessing when you demonstrate selflessness in your prayer life. Because often when 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 often when